Hello, everyone. This is Tyler with Between the Posts. Now, this is our first episode of Between the Posts. We wanted to introduce all of you fantastic listeners out there, goalkeepers, coaches, parents, fans, whoever you might be, to what we're trying to accomplish here on every single episode of Between the Post. So, as you can imagine, we're all about education, inspiration, and really motivation to be the best soccer player, mostly in particular goalkeeper, uh, on a lot of our podcast episodes here. Now, we're going to have the luxury and the joy to have on experts, which is good for you guys. You don't have to listen to me talk all the time, which we'll try to avoid as much as possible. Uh, but we're going to have on UEFA A coaches here over the next few episodes. You're talking um, guys and gals who are, are, are definitely at the peak of their particular profession in coaching as well as goalkeeper coaching, which would be a real treat for us to hear their thoughts on what it takes to be a successful goalkeeper these days. And then also we're looking ahead to a few episodes. We'll have some professional players on to speak with us, get their take on what uh you know what are what are some things our youth players might could do to help them reach the next level. Uh, we all also have the pleasure of a, a fantastic friend of mine who is actually the first African American female to be inducted into the U.S. Soccer Women's Hall of Fame. So I look forward to that episode, and I know you guys will too. But you know what? At the end of every single day, our sole purpose for uh, any of the episodes of Between the Post is to help you, the goalkeeper, the player, the coach, or the parent, as you go through your own journey, uh, whether it's in the net or not, but in the beautiful game of soccer itself. So we're going to go ahead and kick things off in today's episode. I wanted to talk with you guys briefly on our first episode about something that I know is really a challenge for a lot of coaches out there. And also, I think it's something that directly has a very positive impact actually on players. Uh, And that would be the concept of motivating players. Now, uh, as a coach myself for the last uh, roughly two decades, whether it was through playing or coaching, um, you know, I found that motivation was such a phenomenal aspect of my playing and coaching uh, careers to date that it, it really left a lasting impression on me as a player and then also as I went into coaching. You know, and I think that for for me as a as a coach in general, you know, it's been something that I try to instill in my players. Um, it's that psychological aspect of the game, right? You can be fantastic at the tactical and the technical training side, but let's face it, at the end of the day, we have to remember that for our particular players, whether it's goalkeepers or not, you know, we have to ensure that we're constantly motivating these guys and gals and trying to get the very best out of them. You know, it's that fine balance of pushing too hard or um, not pushing hard enough. So that's what we're going to touch on today. And I'm going to introduce five key ideas, concepts, or tips, rather, for you guys to take into your next training session or even your next season to really try to support your players to the best of your ability. So just remember on all of our episodes here between the post, you know, we try to not just, uh, well, we try to never simply give you guys our opinions because frankly, we're not necessarily the experts. Now we are uh, hopefully leading in terms of education and knowledge around goalkeeper gloves and the position of goalkeeper. But what we're also striving to do is to really give you guys a well-rounded approach to either be a better player or a better coach. Um, and if and if you are a coach and a parent or just a parent, we're hoping to introduce some concepts that 
might allow you to better support your player out there. Um, that's the that's the point. The goal, you know, there might be some days that you might hear a little bit of Tyler's opinion uh, than others, but but we'll try to keep that to a minimum. So. Back to the topic, episode one. We're so happy that you're listening to us, um, and I guess I'll ask that question at the end to see who is still listening to us. But uh, we're, we're happy and we're excited to take this journey with you guys. So, you know, one of the most overlooked coaching strategies, uh, I think, in modern soccer for, for the youth level, uh, maybe even through potentially even the collegiate level, but probably youth through the the high school level is actually the aspect of motivating players. I think that we focus so many times on quality training sessions, and that is incredibly important. Uh, But I think that we also need to be thinking about how do we serve that psychological side of the game? How do we encourage that player to do and achieve things that he or she never thought they really could? Uh, And that can take many forms. So tip number one, you know, Recognizing the importance of player motivation up front, uh, I think, and, and, and honestly, you've likely accomplished that because you clicked on this particular episode and you took a bit of a risk on us here, but, uh, and we appreciate that. But, you know, you, you recognize the importance of player motivation. You know, I think that's the first thing. The challenge that so many coaches need to overcome is the fact that it's, you know, it is integral to your coaching uh, pedagogy, right, to your coaching strategy, and it just becomes uh, a thread within what you're already doing phenomenally out there on the field. You know, and you know, first recognizing that and, and understanding, hey, I've got to either weave this in or I've got to begin this next season, tomorrow, whatever it might be, I think that's going to go a long way in your success as a coach and a leader of your team. You know, uh, frankly, I think every coach must do really two things, right? We must be teachers and we must be motivators. You know, and so many coaches are phenomenal teachers, and I think then they then they, then they want to look at the blend of okay, let's motivate now. You know, far far too few coaches that I've experienced and been around, you know, divide, devote what I think is generally acceptable in the coaching community. Again, not my opinion, but I think it's generally accepted in the coaching community that. You know, we we devote time needed to understand how to motivate players, and I'm sure there's about a million different studies around this, uh, and and that in and of itself should give you, you know, the the degree of confidence in the fact that this is a this is a topic that we for sure as coaches want to try to blend in, you know, and I think that even if you understand motivating players is such a critical aspect, and even if we all think, myself included, we think, oh, I'm doing a fantastic job, we also need to understand that we spend, you know the time necessary to to look at strategies right to think about how we're approaching certain players because you know as a former teacher myself you know we learn very early on as teachers and educators that every single kid is different right every single player is different every single kid player whether whether it's you know youth or or anywhere in between up to the professional level every single player they learn differently they respond differently to different uh different types of communication or or different types of drills and we have to form our training sessions and our communication around this philosophy to try to meet all of our players right just sticking with that one approach we all have kind of learned and and, and as coaches we've we've evolved and come a very long way but we've learned that there's no one-size-fits-all shoe uh, that we can apply to a training session or, or to a coach. Uh, I mean, sorry, or to a, uh, to a player out there, right? So motivating players can really, I think, uh, become the, the defining factor or really a differentiator between really an average season 
you know, in a, a championship season. And a lot of people will laugh at that and they'll think, oh, that's crazy, right? But, but in reality, it's all, about, it's all about inspiring kids to perform at their very best, right? Or inspiring players to perform at their optimum level when it is necessary, when it's most critical. Now, at the professional level, that's every single day you step on the field because you understand that, listen, hey, you know, if I'm not improving, I'm likely getting worse. And if I'm getting worse, there's someone else ready to take my spot. You know, that's, that is a hard uh, philosophy and, and rather a bit of a, a tricky philosophy to, to try to convey to an eight or a nine-year-old. So, you know, on any of the topics we cover here, we want to encourage you, you listeners out there, you coaches, parents, or keepers, or, or whoever you might be, to really to take what we're talking about and form that, uh, conform that rather, I guess, and, and apply that to the players you're working with, right? You might hear us talk about it on one level, whether it's higher or lower than you're working with out there in the real world. So we just encourage you to think about the players that you have and how best to serve them. Um, but, you know, motivating players definitely can be, be make the positive, right? It doesn't mean that over over the, the longevity of a season, um, you know, necessarily, that every single game you're putting a quote out there or an inspirational video or topic or whatever it might be, and you're always going to get the best, right? But I think that what we drill down on and the focus of motivation is that hopefully in those final dying minutes of that one game, that one moment, right, um, that that's when the players are inspired and motivated to step up and perform and do great feats of what most might think are impossible. Um, I think that that's motivation, and, and you're looking to connect those many moments. You know, there's so many great quotes and great uh, philosophies out there uh, and teachers of the game and coaches that inspire us all as, as coaches ourselves. But, you know, they look and they say that essentially, you know, soccer and games are won by stringing together so many brilliant moments, right? Um, and when you string together those moments, that's really where the meat of winning games comes comes to, to become a bit of focus. Um, and one moment, as we tell a lot of our players, right, one moment can truly define the outcome of a game. So I think that's where motivation as a team and the longevity, you know, where the so many people say, well, you can have an average season or you can have a championship season. But I think that's what we're really digging into here, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here uh, acting like, oh, well, hey, you know, if you throw a quote up on the whiteboard in the locker room, you're very likely going to win the state championship this season at your high school level or at your club level. You know, that's, that's, let's get real here. It's more of an overall approach, right, that we're trying to work with. So, you know, hard work and motivation at the end of the day, we know that stuff is going to dramatically improve a player's skills, their conditioning, uh, improve the execution when they get out there, whatever position they might be, you know, be tackling. And then obviously it's going to accelerate learning because, you know, what you're doing through motivation is you're encouraging players to pay attention, right? To be learners of the game, to educate themselves on the pitch and off the pitch. And that's what we're really, really seeking to do. So, you know, you're kind of improving that overall team mentality to, uh, to where everyone is, is reaching and achieving uh, that success that we're all looking for as coaches and players. You know, so simply, honestly, by you likely listening to this episode, you're acknowledging the fact and and really recognizing that motivation is a critical aspect of my coaching strategy, right? No matter who I am as a coach and what I am looking or what I look like on the sidelines, you know, whether I'm the guy that sits or the guy that stands or the gal that screams or the gal that says nothing, it doesn't really matter. But this is one of those things I think we all agree that we all have to recognize and start to implement if we're not already doing it. You know, if you're doing it, fantastic, right? I think there's always different levels. You know, we as coaches always encourage players that, hey, you've done a, you've done a fantastic job. You've achieved this particular level of 
of, of playing, you've achieved this particular level of, of your career, but how can you achieve a little bit more? So tip number two, you know, brings me back to that philosophy of being a teacher, right? Uh, for a lot of us, it, it kind of comes naturally. And for a lot of coaches, that's that's probably your strong suit, you know, and it's it's perhaps the most important and most powerful concept that, that I could really encourage anyone to embrace as a coach if you're not already doing it. You know, to, to be a coach is to be a teacher. Um, and, you know, the, the priorities uh, in, in teaching, um, no matter whether you've been an educator or not, but the priorities in teaching and coaching are essentially the same. You know, if you think about it, it's, it's all about the progress of the student, right, or the progress of, of the player, and it's not always about wins and losses. And I think that, you know, listen, hey, you know, at the end of the season, I, I could disagree with a lot of programs that give out trophies just because of the fact that, I don't know, players, players went and they, they, they won uh, one game and they got smashed a billion to zero for the next ten. You know, there's a lot of uh, – that's a completely separate argument, and I completely understand. I, I, I assure you I've been on both sides of this of the, uh, the conversation. But, you know, we have to really consider the fact that, listen – Yes, when, when players, when teams work hard, they do deserve to win, right? But it doesn't always happen, you know. But if you think about it from the perspective of a teacher, you know, there isn't really uh, the philosophy of winning or losing. It's all about progress. You know, I think this is a simple and really relatively profound concept that you you have to embrace as a coach. Um, that that when the coach treats the player as a student, you know. The, the players and the team tend to show tremendous improvement because we then begin to focus on the progress, right, the growth, as opposed to just strictly looking at the numbers at the end of every game. Now, I completely, again, understand, you know, at the collegiate, professional, high school level, we're not really discussing that. I completely follow you on that, so please don't flip off the podcast episode now and never listen to us again and think, oh, Tyler's crazy, he doesn't have a clue about coaching, but... I want us to really reflect on the fact that when we're talking youth developmental sports, we're talking youth soccer, youth uh, goalkeepers, uh, we have to understand that, listen, we are doing our part to develop the future of soccer in the United States or the future of soccer just in general, you know, because ultimately the kids you're working with and I'm working with today, they're, they're going to be in our position 20 years down the road. They're going to be the ones standing and sitting behind this podcast or they're going to be the ones standing on the sidelines teaching the next generation of players. So our hard work and our ability to instill the, the, the fundamentals, to instill the, prog- the, the progress, the progressive nature of coaching, I think is so incredibly critical right now as we reflect on what coaching should really be all about. You know, one of the harsh realities that I think I've learned over time, and whether that's been uh, <laughs> learning uh, for fun or, or not, right, learning the easy way or the hard way is that, you know, Coach, uh, players really, they do exactly in games what they do in practices, right? So you can look at that philosophy from really any perspective at any angle, and I assure you, don't fool yourself. You know, a remarkable pre-game speech or, you know, an, an inspirational, and I, and I listen, I'm, I'm not one to argue, I'm just saying that, you know, Thinking that delivering an incredibly inspirational speech pre-game will motivate your players, right? With the topic here, will motivate your players to go on and and do uh, gladiator-esque things, right? That you've never seen them do before, mind you, but but they'll somehow conjure the the strength and the composure to, to perform. You know, and I think the lesson is really simple. It's treat your players like the students and 
teach them, help them improve, make sure that they are they're really seeing the improvement. You know, I think that anytime we forget to to be able to show players that they're improving in terms or in a, a mindset that they themselves can see without us necessarily telling them at the end of the season through a you know a player eval or whatever it might be that hey yep okay yeah you were a five now you're a seven so you've improved right but I think that this is more drilling down to the fact that we want players to know that they have improved and they themselves know it you know and I think through this teacher mentality being the teacher of the team you know I mean some people might argue look this is a bit rudimentary Tyler this is elementary this is simple this is not this doesn't apply to me but you know, what I challenge you to think of is how are you really truly teaching these kids? You know, take the word teacher, you know, get rid of that if you're confused by the topic, but just take it and, and for what it's worth, you know, I am teaching, I'm instructing them, I'm, I'm, I'm helping them learn because that's what it really boils down to. And, you know, I think making sure they always see the improvements and the results, that's, that's really one of the things that I think you can drill down on. And, you know, if you get stuck, seek help from, from mentors is probably a little bit too strong, right? But, I mean, seek help from that coach. We all know them. We all have them in the organization, the club, the association, wherever it might be. And it doesn't even have to be a soccer coach, uh, which is what I wanted to, why I wanted to start off with this motivational aspect and angle uh, for our – between the post-series here – you know, you can reach out to others that are coaches and that are at the forefront of their, you know, of their sport or, or you know, of this profession and really embrace some of the simple techniques that they work with, right? And start small. You know, any of these tips, you can implement just one of these tips, and I think you'd see improvements. I don't think that you need to take, you know, all of, all of the next two weeks and say, all right, my focus is motivation and I'm just going to crush it. I think we're really talking here with these techniques and tips about consistency and bite-sized chunks. And you'll hear me talk about that term because I think it's really critical because not only do we as coaches need to tackle simple problems that we can quickly uh, overcome, fix, correct, uh, improve, whatever it might be, I think you know, players, they learn better in bite-sized chunks too. So to go 100 miles an hour at them saying, all right, you know, you're the best thing in the world. Let me make sure I'm motivating you. Here's 10 different quotes. Here's five different videos. Count yourself motivated. You know, that's not really what we're talking about. What we're trying to encourage you to do is just to take some of these tips and implement them smallly or slowly, implement them in small ways, um, and and really have them become a a thread uh, of your strategy as a coach. I think that hopefully that alone will allow for you to see some really, really serious improvements and not what you're doing, how you're feeling as a coach, but the impacts you're truly having on players. You know, and the next thing I really think we have to talk about is really just explaining ourselves as coaches, right? So, you know, we're talking, explain the reason why. You know, a good teacher and 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 really anyone, right, that's instructing others explains the reason why. You know, and many times coaches need to put their what we call their sales hat on, right? You're really trying to get you know, kids and players to to believe, to buy in. Um, you know, and quite often players don't understand why they're doing a certain drill. And, and frankly, you know, they lose the motivation in that moment and don't truly believe the drill is helping them. You know, I think this is why, you know, we really need to do a better job across the board of explaining the reason why, right? The fundamentals of the drill and why you're running it are really critical and important for player development and player understanding, um, and probably execution of the drill itself. You know, so don't assume that players know. Because, 
you know, I promise you and, and everyone out there that's been in the game long enough to know and, and coached enough, probably more than two sessions uh, at, at any level, you know, you, you know that, listen, a, co- a, a player might tell you all day long, yep, I get it, perfect, fantastic, you know, 45 seconds into the drill, they have no clue. You know, and that's incumbent upon us, I think, to really make sure that we're instructing and we're really explaining ourselves and the, the rationale behind the drill itself. Um, small bite-sized chunks, like we've kind of discussed in the past, I think that's critical to understanding. Uh, the simpler that we can make things, the better off I think you're going to end up being. You know, and explaining the reason why is even a proven psychological trigger, uh, you know, that causes people to take a desired action. You know, thinking about human beings, you know, at a psychological level, human, humans themselves by nature want to know why, right? We're always asking questions of why we're doing something, you know, so... I think an example of that could be, hey, let's take on a defender, you know, one-on-one, right? You know, if if your players don't understand the reasons you want them to, from a defensive standpoint, contain the player, keep them in front of you, right, Um, and not stab in, I think that that's an opportunity where, you know, if you just say, hey, 1v1 defending, uh, all right, don't let them get past you, you know, that's an area where you could really improve your, your reasoning, your explanations, and getting them to really dig into the fact by, by whether it's an example or whether it's just better, better framing in the context of a game uh, why we're doing these things. I think that, you know, I see a lot of really phenomenal coaches out there at, at so many different levels that when they introduce a topic or when they introduce a specific drill, whatever it might be, man, they are doing a brilliant job of painting the picture, we call it, right? Painting the picture and stating, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. And furthermore, this is why we are doing it. You know, I've been so incredibly impressed and learned so much from coaches out there that really do a brilliant job naturally of painting that picture and teaching kids hey, you know, this is why we're doing this. And it is a concept that works. Uh, You know, don't take my word for it. You know, spend five seconds out there Googling, uh, you know, explaining things in terms of an instructional scenario. And you're going to really understand the science behind, you know, why human beings respond to that, right? Lay the groundwork, paint the picture, and you're going to see a massive improvement when it comes to, to the understanding and the execution of specific drills that you're working on and concepts that you are really trying uh, to increase awareness and build understanding of. You know, so that brings us tip number four, you know, really celebrate the small successes, both both the team and the individual successes, I think are really critical. You know, inst- instead of just worrying about winning and losing, again, there's an argument to to, to the fact that that is very critical, I get that, I understand that, but uh, you know we want to put players in a position where they can experience you know other successes as well. You know, think back to your training session. You know, for example, if you're working on shooting and the form that it takes to shoot, you can really talk about charting their progress and really improving the overall percentage. And now, listen, this this doesn't mean you need to break out a laptop and and create an Excel spreadsheet, but we're talking. Simplify, uh, you know, the, the breakdown. Hey, you hit the frame nine out of ten times. If we introduced a session or a drill that was focused on ten specific shots from wherever they are out there outside the eighteen, you know, hey, out of ten balls, how many can you hit on frame? You know, those are small successes that you can really instill and and really engage players to really wrap their heads around. 
you know, measure things maybe in a game. I don't know if you're fortunate enough, and it depends on the level, right, as to whether we're tracking these things or whether it's even possible to track these things. But, you know, stats like turnovers, um, uh, stats like uh, shots on frame, saves, whatever it might be, um, you know, from a goalkeeper perspective, a lot of that is the the shots saved, uh, you know, giveaways, goals, whatever it might be. I think that you could really implement this in a very simple way. And a lot of parents out there, believe it or not, want to get involved and want to be able to, to help and track these things. You know, that's data. And data is something that we as coaches, though we may not necessarily want to focus on it at the youth levels, I completely understand. There's just, if you're the only one managing a team, it's just really not... Uh, possible for you to tackle this particular concept but if you have a parent do it then that makes it a tangible goal for you as a coach to really tackle um you know and again drill down from the team level as well as the individual levels and really take a look at how can you show kids look hey listen when you entered the game and when you entered the match this is what it was in the last game and then now you know a game or a match later this is where you find yourself and that's an opportunity to to really celebrate those successes uh, other simple concepts could really be, you know, just celebrate the small things. Like, hey, listen, you and I know this was a, a phenomenally friggin' hard drill that you thought you'd make someone cry, but all 15, 16 players got through it, right? That's a, that's a brilliant opportunity for you as a coach to celebrate that for kids. You know, listen, I'm not telling you you pat everybody on the back and you say, hey, you're the man or you're the woman or whatever it might be. But, I mean, you know, it's all about how you frame your communication and your support where you push, 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 and the best coaches out there, once kids get through it or players get through it, you know, it's all about, it's all about the positive reinforcement. Like, hey – fantastic really super proud of you guys that was phenomenal brilliant and everything i ever expected and frankly i didn't think you would get through it you know those are the moments that build the character of the players on your team um you know the last thing to 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 kind of touch on with with tip four which is celebrating small successes is really it's hard for me to communicate this because i completely understand both sides but Taking a step back, uh, you know, don't let a losing season, and they're they're everywhere, you know, they are everywhere. Don't, but don't let a losing season bring you or your team down. You know, it can be hard for sure, and it can be absolutely devastating. Um, and we've all been there, I would venture to say. But you know, just because you lost games or a lot of games or every game, it doesn't mean it wasn't a success, right? You have to look for opportunities. Uh, to support players, to encourage players. And I think that, you know, when you have a gut check, whether it's a season or a game, you know, you as a coach, you have a a, a V in the road or, you know, whatever. You you got a left and a right. You have option whether I go depressed route to the right or option to the left uh, where I say, hey, listen, what did we learn? You know, I think if your players have improved, they've had fun, and they've learned life lessons – you know, I think that most certainly a season or, you know, maybe not a game, but a season was a success if you can connect some of those dots. And those are the successes that we talk about really celebrating. Uh, look, everybody loves to win. Everyone hates to lose. But I think that, you know, a life, though we want to think about this from a sport perspective, life can be so much more than just winning and losing. You know, and it's about the lessons that we learn along the way. Uh, and that's what really coaching and teaching soccer to youth is all about. You know, so that brings us to kind of our last point here, which is tip five. 
So relentlessly, relentlessly rewarding hard work and really offering positive reinforcement along the way. Um, you know, I think that coaches, we, we, we get what we reward. And I think this is a double-edged sword, right? You know, if you're rewarding certain, certain aspects that uh, maybe you don't really want to see emphasized, you can get into a trap there. You know, um, if, for example, in that one instance, uh, you know, whoever the player on your team is, uh, Sally, Johnny, whoever, you know, clears a ball off the end line that needed to just be booted long, that's a positive in that particular scenario. But if we're constantly rewarding things that in reality it was scenario-based, we, we tend to fall into the trap of the player that interprets it as a positive. You know, sometimes it's often misunderstood, right? And, and, and then can become, uh, you, you know, a tactic or a strategy a player uh, in particular then you know, kind of it's, it's instilled upon them to continue that. So we have to be very careful, right? We have to think about where is the positive reinforcement and what is positive reinforcement? You know, and this particular question is kind of kind of a positive question itself. You know, what is positive reinforcement? So positive reinforcement to me and to, and to a lot of us coaches is just giving a player a reward, right? And again, I'm not talking giving them a candy bar or giving them a pat on the back, but it's something, right? And generally that reward or that positive reinforcement comes directly after a behavior that we want to encourage them to do again. You know, so if a child gets positive reinforcement, you know, during the training session, we as coaches are trying to encourage them, you know, to play defeat again. Uh, we as coaches are trying to encourage them to limit their touches because every time they take four, they lose the ball, whatever it might be. You know, we need to positively reinforce the actions that we want to continue or to to, to really emphasize, you know, so... Um, I think that that's really, really critical, the positive reinforcement. And, and when a child does something well or does something that is correct, you know, it's necessary that we reaffirm that action. You know, this could be as simple as well done. You know, these are tangible words uh, that, that really uh, resonate with players and with kids. And I think the simpler, the better. You know, well done and then 50 other words that explain to them why it was well done. I'm sorry, but they've, they've, they've checked out after well done, right? And that's what they heard. And when they heard that well done before the other explanation, they knew positive. This is good. So I think we can keep it simple. And you as a coach, kind of, you begin to uh, probably use the same words over and over. I know I do. And I'm, frankly, that's probably what annoys the absolute nightmare out of kids uh, for lack of a word there, but I mean, it, it annoys some of my players. But you know what? When I say well done, brilliant, whatever it might be, they know that's positive, right? So, so yes, they might be sick of hearing the words that I might be saying to, to, to constructively criticize them, but also they, they resonate with the words that positively reinforce behaviors. So I think that's something that we have to constantly be thinking about is what, are the, what is the terminology, what are the phrases that we're using in terms of our verbal uh, rewards. Now, I'll take a minute to kind of think about our right, type of rewards and, and how we reinforce it. And just bear with me as every single level is a little bit different. Every single, you know, every single team and association is different and the outcomes are different and the expectations are different. So 
bearing with me, you know, something we can all do are, are all, they're the verbal rewards, the, the successful words that we're utilizing and we're leveraging as coaches, whether it's in training or in games. You know, I think that anytime we, we through a natural stoppage in play, whether it's, you know, in training or whatever it might be, you know, if we point out positive behavior of one player, I think that the other players that, that, that saw that, uh, can can begin to start to understand and associate and furthermore imitate that action whether it's making a, a brilliant play or I'm sorry a brilliant pass a through ball let's say to bl- to break down the lines right we're slotting a ball in behind the defense to to release a player right on the attack or you know whatever it might be a fantastic save from the goalkeeper off of the line you know they get up boom brilliant distribution to create a counterattack scenario that builds play from the back i mean those are all opportunities for us as coaches to really instill the positive support and reinforcement into our team but there are other opportunities right you know there are other moments that we as coaches and other things we can do i i i, I thought back to my playing career and coaching career and i also ran this through a, through a through a few other coaches out there uh, that work at the club level. And a lot of coaches, again, listen, I get it. Everybody's got an opinion, so just work with me here. Pizza after practice, after a a big game. Um, I know a lot of the times with a lot of my teams when we were looking at State Cup and we were traveling on a Friday, Thursday, Friday to go – to go to a, a, an away location for State Cup, you know, the night before or or even two nights before we might have a carbo load. You know, hey, listen, it is what it is, right? Nutritionally, there's some positives and negatives about it. But I think it's more of the camaraderie that you build with your teammates and, and the kids allow themselves to be in. You know, hydrating being a key factor there. But I think that's a positive thing, you know. So what, how, how you do it is kind of up to you but I think that we need to think through simple things like listen even if you're I had a thing before the end of each session that I kind of did after we were covering off on a topic of training where I kind of said all right you know give two people two people on the the team two people around you you know give them knuckles give them a high five tell them great work and I think that we instill this positive mindset and that starts to really become a a piece of the fabric of the team that you're working with, whether it's a high five or whether it's a verbal, hey, well done, well done, well done, whatever it might be, you know. So I think there are a lot of different ways that you can kind of think through that. Just make sure that the frequency of feedback and praise, you start to really frequently and consistently use this strategy because I think positive reinforcement, if done sporadically, doesn't have quite the impact uh, that consistent uh, positive reinforcement and feedback actually does. And, you know, be specific. That's the last thing that I could suggest here. Be specific. When you're talking to a, a, a specific player, an individual, you know, make sure that it's very specific and it's also relatively concise. So it's great job, uh, Max. Great job, Brandon. Uh, be very specific. You know, f- phenomenal through ball, uh, Robbie, whatever it might be, but keep it short, keep it sweet, because it, players are out playing and they can't tackle multiple words and sentences about what they just did well. That's not the environment that we want to leverage that type of communication. So, you know, really quickly to to summarize kind of here and to recap, tip one, recognize the importance of player motivation. You already did that, so check that off your list. You were here, you listened, and hopefully you made it to the end. Um, you know, tip number two, be a teacher, right? Be an educator, be a person who, who really instills the learning process into each training session and each season. 
Uh, tip number three, explain the reason why. So why are we doing these drills, right? Think about it from a player's perspective. They need to understand why did I, why am I going to go through this drill? Why am I going to run? How does this help me? And furthermore, how do I connect this with actual live gameplay on this Saturday's game or this Sunday's match, right? You know, tip four, celebrate the small successes. And remember, that's both at a team level and an individual level. And then the fifth and final tip that we covered here today is to relentlessly reward hard work and really offer positive reinforcement on a consistent basis. Uh, I hope that this has been a phenomenal opportunity for, for our first episode here. We have so many more what I think and I hope are absolutely critical topics that I think that you guys are going to benefit from. And please always understand that if you're following us on social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, maybe subscribing to our podcast here as we start to upload more every single week, we desperately want to answer your questions. And what we've done currently on Instagram and YouTube, specifically at Renegade GK, is we give you more of what you love. So just understand that if you want to hear something addressed or even you want to be a guest on the show, it's very possible that we might select you as a guest on our show. We're always looking for for coaches out there that are inspired, motivated, and passionate about goalkeeping specifically, but also the soccer, uh, the game of soccer in general. That's what we seek, right? Because I think at the end of the day, if we all put our heads together, we're going to take this game to new heights in the future. That's what we shoot for here at Renegade GK in between the post. And my name is Tyler Vaughn. I hope you've had a fantastic time and you'll listen again 